So 1 Peter chapter 4 from verse 12 on page 1891. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any kind of criminal or even a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator, and continue to do good. Uh, Please pray with me. Father, we do pray that you would teach us now, that you would open our hearts and open our minds, that we might welcome your word. Father, take us from where we are to, to deeper love of you. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Each of these people were much-loved members of the Newington community. Ken was the father of a council member. He stumbled one morning while getting dressed, while putting his shorts on, fell, broke his neck and died. Curtis, who I taught in primary school, was the son of a science teacher, a former sportsmaster of the school. I visited Curtis in jail once at Bathurst. Curtis overcame an ice addiction and became a Christian. He died of pneumonia at the age of 22. Diana was another member of the science faculty. She got a headache whilst on holidays. It was worse than normal so she went to the hospital and four days later she too died. Louis, beautiful Louis, the son of our head groundsman who took his own life at 15. And all of this in a period of just less than five months. With tragedies come suffering. This for me was an ordeal, not a fiery ordeal, but an ordeal nonetheless. Peter says, rejoice, rejoice, for we will be overjoyed when the glory of Christ is revealed. Is it possible to find joy in such confronting, ugly circumstances? Yes, we know that Paul and Silas rejoiced in the jail in Philippi at midnight after their beatings. But can we find joy? After funeral number four, I went to my office and sobbed uncontrollably. 
But in the midst of the flow of tears, I felt something that I'd never felt before. I felt a joy, a joy at God's sustaining power, a joy at grace that he was beginning to reveal, a joy at the presence of Christ and his love for me at that very moment. It was an inexplicable joy. I was sobbing and smiling, despite the heartache and the ongoing suffering. And little did I know that there would be more to come. But it would also be accompanied by greater grace. Now I know this is my own personal experience and you might not have anything in your gamut of experiences to compare this with. However, Peter says that there can be joy and there will be an inexpressible and glorious joy when Jesus is revealed. You know that much of this letter is taken up with Peter talking to us about suffering. At this point, he does again, but he doesn't seem to say anything new. The passage seems to summarise and draw together a number of those recurring themes that we've been talking about. So again, he sets before us the pattern of Jesus in verses 12 and 13. What suffering of the Christian could look like in verses 14 to 18 and the basic strategy for living in this world, in this suffering world, as a refugee awaiting a new home, awaiting our true home in verse 19. Firstly, we look again at the pattern of Jesus. Our reactions are not shaped by our experiences but by the way we interpret those experiences hear it again our reactions are not shaped by our experiences but by the way we interpret them the good news of the person and work of Jesus is intended to be a life altering interpretive grid for believers. Your relationship with Jesus is your life. The life and work of Jesus on our behalf is a window through which we should view all things. Christ's life, in other words, is a pattern for the Christian. It is to be stamped on every individual believer. So just as Christ experienced unjust suffering, followed by glory, so too will we. Verse 12, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the suffering of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Don't be surprised. This is nothing unusual. Already we've been reminded of several times, be alert and of sober mind. Be ready. Don't be taken by surprise. Be ready. We'll hear this again next week from chapter 5. Don't be surprised. 
Don't be surprised, rather follow Jesus' life pattern. Don't be surprised, but rejoice. Rejoice, for when you suffer, you are identifying more closely with Jesus. You are fitting the pattern. You are doing what you have been cut out for. To perfectly fit this pattern, we'll have to take the Easter journey with Jesus, following Jesus through Thursday with with humility and prayerful dependence, following him through Good Friday, standing firm for what we believe even though it entails suffering, looking forward to following Jesus to the resurrection glory of Easter Day, fully restored through God's power and God's grace. Peter then reminds us that suffering comes in various forms. We've heard previously that suffering can just be insults. Insults, and we hear again in verse 14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ. We know too that suffering can be a heavier weight to bear. It can be uh, false imprisonment and so on. Again, we are reminded in all of this to avoid evil. To avoid evil. Our sufferings must not result from wrongdoing. And this comes back to his constant theme, avoid evil, do good. Our lives are to shine forth in the darkness. If we are insulted or if we suffer, we are not to be ashamed, for we bear his name, we bear his trademark, his stamp, as it were. We bear his trademark as we follow his pattern. So our response to suffering in the world should be twofold. Firstly, we are to remember that we are blessed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. Even in the suffering itself, we are blessed. This is yet another reminder of who we are and whose we are. We are God's chosen people. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You've heard it all before. We're God's special possession. We are wedded, God is wedded to each of us. We have been given a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We are protected by God's power. We have a glorious inheritance that is also protected by God and can never perish, fade or spoil. We are receiving the salvation of our souls. We are holy in God's sight and we are being made holy. We have faith and hope in God and much, much more. We are blessed. When you suffer in any way, remember you are blessed. We are blessed. Secondly, We need to remember to praise God that we bear his name. 
This points us back to to our new purpose in living that we as followers of Christ have, just as they did. In chapter 2, verse 9, we are to declare his praise. 2, verse 12, our right living will result in God being glorified. And last week we heard in chapter 4, verse 11, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Our suffering for Jesus, whichever form it takes, is identifying with Jesus in a way that brings glory to God. And this glory will be revealed in all its fullness when Jesus returns. In this life, the strategy remains the same. We submit to God and do good. Peter puts it this way here. He says, look to our faithful creator. Look to our Lord. Look to the one who has made us. Look to the one who has made all things. The one who is truly sovereign and who is able to work all things together for the good of those who love him. Peter says it this way in Acts chapter 2 when he's looking at the pattern of Jesus and gets to the crucifixion which looks out of place with what God would want. They meant it for evil but God used it for good. So as we look to God daily for grace we should continue to do good. Hopefully that all sounds very familiar to you. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Daily we are to submit to God's will. Daily we are to choose to turn to him. Daily we are to look to him, to seek him, to seek to live for his glory. And yes, I'm going to use my favourite phrase, this is all about daily repentance. Daily repentance. Daily turning from self, turning from my agenda to God and growing in dependence upon him. Becoming like Christ is a refining process. And again, we heard about that in chapter 1. A refining process that will involve suffering in some shape or form. But even the suffering is being used by God for our good. To grow us. To identify us. It's being used for the good of others as well. It's being used... For his glory. Looking back at 2016, those events changed me. Those events affected hundreds, probably a couple of thousand in the Newington community. And it affected many of them ultimately in positive ways. Their stories have grace 
sown into each of them. The stories of lives of many others who were impacted by their suffering and so suffered themselves had grace sown through their experiences. I can't wait to hear and see on the day that Jesus is revealed those stories of grace. I can't wait till that day when I hear in all their fullness the stories of grace that are woven into your lives, into our life together. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you that you are indeed the sovereign Lord. We know that we often mouth those words and say, yes, you are king. Please help us to have expanded minds and expanded hearts so we do live lives that do know that you are sovereign, that you can use the worst for your very best. And please, when we encounter hard things, Father, bring to light the many blessings we have that we might utter praise to you even in sadness and sorrow because you alone are God and you alone are good. Amen.